One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 upfront for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for a limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One. Rolling. Yep, we're rolling. We are rolling. Well, I tell you, do you know what? I'm going to suggest before just when we even start, uh, we'll get into our normal theme tune, but I'm going to suggest that maybe for Six Nations weeks in the future this could potentially be uh, an alternative theme tune because i think this sums up how we feel about this whole period um uh sorry there we go i'm gonna play it now what is this it's the most wonderful time <laughs> i love the six nations so much uh the great dave damashak uh, has that song with the most football-y time of the year for the playoffs. Oh, wow. Yeah, love it. Well, absolutely, Super Bowl, absolutely love it. Super Bowl tonight as well, of course. Shall we talk about the Super Bowl in the pod? We might have it. Or should we put that in the... No, we'll have to talk about it in this pod because <laughs> yeah. by then it'll be Thursday and it'll yeah, be well, well over. Well, there is a well, there, there is a, a good reason why it would be relevant this week to talk about actually. Super Bowl. So we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, well, I'll tell you what, let's just get, let's, let's get on with the podcast and then um, but let's just start with uh, hands in. Okay. Pod on three. Metaphorical... Hands in, pod on three. One, two, three, pod. Hello, Egg Chasers. This is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. We're just three mates that love the game and talk about it with you every week. This week, twice, uh, because we will be doing this podcast, the Six Nations-focused podcast, and on Wednesday, we will have the midweek domestic podcast. Looking forward to the Aviva Premiership Pro 12 and all the other stuff that also goes on during the Six Nations. Uh, I'm Tim. That is JB. Hello, Tim. Philip is there in a French, lovely French shirt. Hello, Tim. Uh, we are the Egg Chasers. We are the original rugby podcast, the podcasting r- trailblazers in the world of rugby. Uh, we are often imitated. We are never bettered. It started at a kitchen table, and we continue 52 weeks of the year. That's a good point. Do you remember the first ever podcast? Yeah, I do. Like, it wasn't, it didn't even involve Phil. I mean, the good old days, as I like to call it. <laughs> In Tim's Attic. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, no, that, that was never heard. No that one ever heard yeah. that one. No I didn't even know that existed. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, then we had the kitchen kitchen table I, mean, I wonder I wonder if that's on my computer at home because if oh, it I is we could, I could, do that. <laughs> I could we could do that for an anniversary or something oh no I'd hate to listen to that yeah thinking yeah. how bad we were for the first year or so yeah. I think it would be a terrible idea to, well, to 
drag that up. We do it 52 weeks a year without any financial incentive, without any television or radio or newspaper platform <laughs> pushing us, without <laughs> any re- without any reliance on big names, quote-unquote. It is only fueled... Um, I'm a pretty big deal. <laughs> GB is now immortal thanks to the GB Cup. Yeah. Yes, that's true. More, more news on that later. Yes. It's, it's, uh, we're only fueled by a, a total, unending, pure love of rugby union. Uh, and it continues for and because of you. So thank you very much for listening. Thank thank you for contributing. Find us at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Uh, find us on Facebook, Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. Uh, that's where we're broadcasting live right now, but you can watch the video back uh, of us in the Rugby Dungeon having a little bit of a natter. Uh, Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast on Facebook. We are on iTunes, and thank you very much for leaving your reviews. Would you, would you like to hear? Yeah, I'd love to hear. Uh, Bobby Yo. Five star review says not enough sale sharks coverage. Agreed. <laughs> but <laughs> the only one Bobby thinks that. Possibly ironic. Um, <laughs> Desai eighty nine says top podcast for those who love the game, love rugby banter, as entertaining as hearing Eddie Butler pronounce the names of French rugby players. Well, we didn't get to hear that this weekend. Uh, and says Springbok or Nazi war criminal changed his life. <laughs> <laughs> and a final review uh, from ABG O two O one says crisp tastic. Outstanding podcast if you're at all confused about the tonal implications regarding potato-based snacks. Uh, yeah, that relates to a conversation we, we had last uh, week about yeah. the, the colour of crisp packets. I've actually done a little bit of research on this one because we, we, we were talking about it being confusing that some companies have salt and vinegar as green, Would some like blue. A crisp, Tim? A crisp? Yeah, I've got some crisps here. Do you have some crisps? Yeah, I've got some crisps. Oh, I'll have yeah. a crisp, yeah. Now, um, you know... What colours? Um, what colours are brown packets? So I'm going to guess that's like roast beef, is it? Oh, well done. Yeah, it's uh, chili crisp, um, crispy chili beef. Now we're not sponsored by these guys, but Co-op Speciality Crisps, the, the irresistible ones, well, so, outrageously good. Well, so, um, so Tato in Ireland. This is what I was pointing out. It's like yes, Walkers versus Golden Wonder, like salt mm. and vinegar green, salt and vinegar blue, whatever. Tato in Ireland. I've done a little bit more research on this one. Mm-hmm. This is what I understand it to be the case. Cheese and onion in Southern Ireland, the Republic. Red. Cheese and onion red. Cheese and onion red. Uh, in Northern Ireland, cheese and onion tatoes are yellow. Wow. Now I get that one because cheese, yeah. cheese is kind of yellow. Yeah. It's, it's no and wonder wh- there's been... White onions are yellowish. Yeah, I guess so. It's no, it's no wonder is it there's been years of political strife. <laughs> <and so>. <laughs> <laughs> it, all, it all stacks up now. Right. Well, on this podcast, we're going to be talking about the first round of the Six Nations matches. Wales, were they unshackled or did Italy simply run out of steam? England, they won ugly. France with their green shoots of recovery. Ireland, were they off the boil? Or do we give all credit to a tenacious Scotland? We'll have a moan about refs, no doubt. Some orgasmic groans about Sergio and King Louis. And, oh, and who oh. knows what other twists and turns. Even we don't know at this point. Where would you like to start? Uh, chronologically, let's go. Actually, do you want to do that? Because that is the best game. Well, be- well let's start best with the best first. There you go. Yeah. yeah, it, was, it, it so, certainly was the best game. Scotland, Ireland then. Yes. All right. What a way to kick off the Six Nations 2017. Absolutely. Yeah. We we said last week it was going to be a hell of a fixture. We all struggled to pick a winner. But I think I think I'm right in saying we all suspected that Ireland might do it. Um yeah, I thought they would. Yeah. I thought it would be too strong. It's only the third time since the Six Nations changed from being the Five Nations that Scotland have beaten Ireland really? in Murrayfield. Um and Five minutes into the game, before either of the first two Scotland tries, when there was two scrummages that the Irish pack decimated the Scotland pack, mm. I was thinking, 
this is going to be a long old day for the Scottish boys. Yeah, can I just make a point about props? Now, it was only... I only saw this guy for a little while. I, I don't really know much about him prior to this game, but Dell, Del. the yeah, the loose prop. The loose head. He's in good shape, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Like, really good shape. He looks like, in good nick. I'm starting to think, right, that the... That the new hunks of rugby might actually start being the props because <laughs> some Ma- of them, Max Laheef, the yeah, exactly. You know, if yeah. you want that unusually buff guy, yeah, it's going to be prop or Key, hooker, like Key and Healy's in exactly. ridiculous shape as well, uh, and McGrath, yeah. So, yeah um, so that's that's my that's my call because all these other guys are starting to get a little bit too too athletic now. Or depends, we don't want to get no, we we want to draw the line at, at props being able to go on Love Island. We don't yeah. want to get there. We do not want to get no, there. Which no, is why not. I don't condone Max Laheef as, that, as, as, as a prop. This guy. He's, a, he's, a bit, he's a bit of a unit. Yeah. But he also didn't scrimmage particularly well. No, those, no, he didn't. Those first two especially were so dominant from the Irish pack. Very impressive. Can I, can I play you something we were tweeted? Um, yeah, of course. This, this is, is this the uh... this is the, this is on RTE. Yes, uh, so this is a television. Yeah. As the players were just being presented to Her Majesty, the uh, the. Princess of Scotland, Princess, Princess Anne, Princess Anne, yeah, uh, and um, the, the Irish commentary team, including Ronan O'Gara, were giving their thoughts ahead of the game. If Scotland defend like they defend in the top fourteen, and they're allowed to do whatever they want at all time, advantage Scotland in terms of that. But if it's policed correctly, Ireland will get game penalties. I thought going into the game, Ireland have a better scrum, a better mall, and I think that they'd be uh, hopefully mentally stronger than. Right, so far so good, yeah? Uh, yeah, yeah pretty, fairly unbiased. Yeah, yeah, I like it, yeah. Definitely. For what it's worth, I feel, I hope Ireland hammered them today because of the way Scotland behaved during the week. Right. Wow, what do they do during the week? <laughs> Was this all the Conor Murray stuff bubbling on? Uh, like the standing leg tackles and stuff? I'm guessing it's a Glasgow thing, right? I've yeah. not. Well, I've not I, seen anything more than that. No, I know. So, so now he's like his his uh, partisan, uh, and again, I don't mind partisan pundits. No. That's absolutely fine. I suppose I would always warn partisan pundits: careful you don't end up with egg on your face. Uh, let's have a listen. <laughs> let's have a listen yes. to what Ronan O'Gara says next. I think too multi, but they can't back it up. I think. Oh right, here we go. Sorry, I missed that. Uh, oh, nice. Too multi. I think too multi, but they can't back it up. I think. Uh, there you go, Ronan, o- Ronan O'Gara saying before kickoff, Scotland are too mouthy, but they can't back it up. <laughs> <laughs> wow, awkward. When you talk, oh, oh. right, yeah, yeah, that's awkward, isn't it? Um, and oh well, then twenty minutes in, there uh, two tries to nil up. Um, two Stuart Hogg tries. Uh, right, yeah. So that first Stuart Hogg try, I think, was pure luck. I really do. Because Finn Russell throws that ball, I think thirty-five yards. It was a very long. It was like it was a double or possibly a triple miss. Yeah, where Ringrose. I'm not entirely sure sure what he was trying to do. Well, he reads it, and so he sprints to where he's expecting the ball to be. Mm -hmm. But because you can't throw a thirty-five yard miss pass, triple miss pass, it bounces just before. If that ball was in the air, the whole way. Ringrose would have ex- intercepted it and gone 95 yards and scored. Exactly. But because he can't throw that pass, it bounces before Ringrose and just skids up perfectly. But where do you imagine that pass was meant to go? That's my thing. Because it's so far away from the... Unless it was trying to... Unless he was trying to hit the wing winger on that wrap. There was, yeah. That's the only thing I was could it possibly Maitland think of. Or C- Maitland or Seymour yeah. were coming round, weren't they? Yeah, otherwise it would... 
it is the luckiest try. And the only <laughs> thing, we, thing which would surpass it is if Wales scored. You know, Jonathan Davis knock on when he kicks it over. Yeah, that's yeah. the only one that that would be really luckier just and worse. Knocks it on, but Gruber kicks it over the line at the same time. Uh, having said that, his second try was excellent. Oh, his second try was marvellous. When he breaks through one on one with Carney, well, yeah. it's the two on one with Carney effectively, and he shows the dummy for Carney. Um, just a quick one: is that Carney's? Lions chances gone along with the dummy. So when when he like, bought when he bought the dun, dummy, he sold his lions chances. Correct. That's exactly <laughs> exactly right. Uh, he still moves well. He still looks really good. It, hard to say. Fullback will be a very interesting position. Mm. Um, Hog has to be nailed on. Oh yeah, yeah. Hog I mean, is. We'll, we'll do a segment later do, do, where do it will really be uh, where it will be. We'll have our lions watch and we'll just wildly go flip from one way to the other based on just the 80 minutes performance rather than looking at it well, can but I... on that basis but he was already coming into this as the total incumbent na- nailed on number one and he only he only did he well, only strengthen that case if it was possible to strengthen it discussion a little wi- uh, a little more by saying um we spoke in midweek didn't we about some of the older lads maybe not being quite up to it or not been not not being not up to it but maybe there's better people pushing for their positions yeah um Carney was mentioned, Heaslip was mentioned. Yeah. I do struggle to think that Keith Earls is one of the best two wingers in all of Ireland. Yeah, I, I do know what you mean. And I didn't think him and Ringrose looked, that that little yeah. combination looked really weak. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, it, it, I kind of felt they were missing um, Jared Payne. Mm. Um, yeah, that's a good point. From his, he's not, He's not the attacking player that Ringrose potentially is, but in close games like this, Payne is so solid it's in all aspects. To, it's easy to talk with hindsight, but who would you yeah. like to have seen playing? Because I'm going to say I would have picked the same team that went out there just because of what they achieved in Chicago. And also, you've got to remember that international teams are becoming more like club teams now, so yeah. you can't just change the players. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think you, you put a dominant... Irish pack that managed to assert their physicality on the game and suddenly a player like Ringrose uh, looks way better. I just thought that the combination between the two on uh, Earls and, and Ringrose together it just it looked like yeah. a bit of a weak link. But um but so but I would say it was it was up front that the the game was won. Well it's interesting cuz so Ireland's scrum were completely oh, dominant. Completely dominant and, and on that front we'll talk but, about lines up and down but Ferguson was great around the park but he got absolutely pumped by Jack McGrath. Did. Well yeah. I mean and then Keen Healy yeah, and Nell's a huge loss as well. Because yeah. if Nell's there, it's a different game. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, but Ireland's completely dominant there. Line-out was shaky, though, for Ireland. Yeah, it was a little bit. Um, but that... And it, so I, where I thought the difference in the packs were was at the breakdown. Exactly. Well, like Glasgow, watching the way Glasgow yeah. it's uh, hammered like... that breakdown. They're just yeah. ruthless. It's sort of like yeah. guerrilla warfare, isn't it? You're not very good at the set piece. But you make a nuisance of yourself every in every other aspect. Yeah. I think that's why um, Conor Murray couldn't really get into get into the game. Yeah, they were really disrupting it, and they they gave a couple of penalties away because of it, Scotland. Mm. Um, but they were so disruptive and so it abrasive. Does seem it did incredibly unnecessary for Ireland to give away two penalties uh, yeah. in, within kicking range. Well, they still only gave away five penalties so, in the whole yeah. five or six penalties in the whole game, which is. Incredibly which shows low. How stupid it is actually to give away yeah. those two so late on when you're so disciplined. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in video analysis, that's going to come back to haunt them. Well, yeah. A very, very miserable morning. But they just they ha- they just had no uh, all the th- the things which worked really well against New Zealand. Massive physicality at the breakdown. 
incredible line speed and dominance in, in defence, managing to catch players behind the game line. They just they didn't manage to get that. I've been thinking recently, Okay, this is one of the things that I think about. With all the players, how hard do you think it must be if you are, say, 33, still playing international, to have that level of physicality with so many young players? I can't imagine how tough it would be because as you get older, you do tend to, to chill out a bit more. Oh no, I I don't think I think you have to have that competitive edge to be knowing a few people who played at very high level. It's the competitive edge. It's not that, not I, wanting to be outdone or beaten at anything. Because I, 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 I think all. a lot of the guys retire well, obviously because of injury. But second to that, just because they can't get up for that physical battle anymore. I, I think I think it would be more the kind of drag the. The, f- the seven day slog exactly of getting up that. at six a.m. is that eating five ta- eating five times a day eating five thousand calories a day to stay at eighteen plus stone five thousand calories isn't that big <laughs> depends what you're eating I guess <laughs> if you're eating pizzas and McDonald's it's easy to hit five thousand calories what, so there was there was some kind of conditioning scientist work that was done it's, again it's pro- they probably come up with something different but they basically said to, to achieve potential that your body can it's a full 10 years consistent work to achieve the level that your body can over you know 10 years which but now i suppose you're getting incredibly developed gym monkeys aged 18 and so 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 that 10 year period is being achieved a lot earlier so i think i think the average age of internationals may drop slightly but i think they're going to increase well yeah there's two there's two sides isn't there? there's a physical side but that is only 40 percent of it because you've got to have the mental side i think flankers wingers are going to retire earlier like 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 running backs in american football exactly right exactly right i can i can see that halfbacks not maybe scrum half but definitely fly half and props are going to Keep on going for longer. Yeah, yeah. Or props and locks, have, haven't they? Locks, yeah, and and to an extent, centres as well. Yeah, anything you need explosive power for. Less, less the centres who like a Fafana or a Fiku type mm. centre, but more the kind of um, controlling centres. So less Jamie Roberts, more Scott Williams. Yes, agreed. Although. Yeah. Jamie Roberts has never been fast. I mean, if you're just a bulky fella. No, but it's it's the wear and tear on his body, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's, it's, it, physicality is his game. It's not fast, but it's the physicality. I can't, I can't imagine how much that man must hurt <laughs> the morning after an international. <laughs> Have I got this right? I saw a stat that said Johnny Gray made another 28 tackles for Scotland. Uh, I'll tell you now. He was on 24 when the game was still going on. Wow. But while you're finding that out, surely that makes uh, Scotland unofficial world champions now. 27. 27, was it? Unofficial world champs, because Ireland beat New Zealand. Uh, no, Scotland well, beat Ireland. No, sorry, Tim. So, <laughs> the re- Reburn Shield, New Zealand won it back two weeks later. Well, I know that. But, but you know. yeah, you're, you're quite right. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean... And then we'll... Scotland lost to Italy last year, didn't they? Was it last year they lost to Italy? Or was it going Did, back uh, years? It was last year or two years ago, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I so don't... that means Italy are unofficial world champs. Yeah, Which means why Wales not? are. Well, hang on. Well, <laughs> on Tonga, unofficial yeah, world Tonga, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you know, depending on how you, you know, as long as you ignore <laughs> the linear sequence of matches, you can make anyone world champion. Well, well everyone is. Every, every team that's beaten Italy, yeah, which is a lot of teams. Yeah, it stacks up all right. Yeah. Uh, anything else about this game? Uh, right. If so, if you were if, yeah. if you were going to do a Clive Woodward flip chart. Session, okay, right. which I, I didn't do incidentally on ITV, it was disappointing. What? Um, I know you didn't get the flip chart, oh. out, but if you were going to do that and like, right, so you were you were Vern Cotton, Fern Cotton, or you yeah. or you were Joe Schmidt, 
Um, well, it's, let's talk about the Joe Schmidt one. What do you change? What do you tinker with? What do you focus on? So, for me, it was interesting to see the the success that they had when they played New Zealand and when they played Australia and when they've won it the last couple of years. Um, they have been go- good with ball in hand, but only when they get in the right areas, this mm. island. They've kicked a lot, and they've kicked intelligently for territory and possession. They didn't do that this weekend. They yeah, didn't They odd. didn't kick a huge amount, and I wonder if that was a conscious decision because they were playing with Paddy Jackson rather than oh, Sexton. Yeah. Um, but it meant that they, they did run a lot, and they ran 200-plus more metres, and they beat, they beat almost three times as many. Sorry, more than three times as many defenders as Scotland did. Mm. But they were doing it from further out, so they didn't win that. Te- they didn't earn the right to play rugby. They played rugby before earning the right, and I think, particularly given the result, that would be something that Schmidt would look to change. I th- I'm, I'm going to say something relatively stupid now. Um... I think I would like to see him build the running game more around CJ Stander and maybe less around Sean O'Brien and Jamie Heaslip. The reason I say that is I think Sean O'Brien is such a unique talent that if you build something around him and it it doesn't come off, and quite often it doesn't, you're sort of stuck. I think they'd be better off with some more conventional sevens or maybe sevens which aren't quite as talented so you're not relying on that running game. Uh, and maybe Heaslip just isn't quite up to it anyway no that, that that isn't fair I would just like to change the balance of the of the back row a bit also if you're going to kick who else would you want in that team other, um, other than the guy who's under everything high Andrew Conway <laughs> if there's something guaranteed if there's something in the air that man is underneath it guarantee well it will be interesting to see because obviously Tommy Bow was on the bench and Tommy Bow is fairly handy at the high ball as well he is yeah no but it, he's not very good I'm not. I don't mean it catching it. I mean just being being under. No matter where it goes and where it's kicked, he is underneath the ball. Can I make one observation about this game as well? Um, I'll play you something else. So, no. In fact, I'll save this for a little segment on talking about the the uh, the different broadcasters and what and how we how we felt about them. And I'll just, wait. I'll wait. Okay. Just, just on your back row shift. What what would you change? Who would you bring in? I think one of the young Leinster lads, maybe. I think some maybe like someone Van der Fleer. Like, yeah, maybe Pe- maybe Peter Amani. Uh, is is, I mean, is that because you you almost want to take out one of the ball carriers? Uh, well, they are very heavy with ball carriers there, and I know Sean O'Brien does other things too. I just kind of I, I don't trust him to consistently play to consistently play, play well. I know that Leinster don't. I mean, they they do play him on, in big games, but Leinster function perfectly well without him also. But they do function, but he's such a good player. They, they've had to function because he's been so injury-prone for the last few years. And also, he's not really... I mean, who is the seven who's closest to him? Well, he's really a six that they're playing as a seven. Yeah. CJ Stander is the player in the Six Nations yeah, who's closest to England, Sean O'Brien. England, England, yeah, England, yeah, that's a very good point. England are doing that. Um, I, I, I think... It's, um, I don't, no, I don't but, the Eng- a- but the England back row... I mean, if they get the players that they want, we'll talk talk, talk about this later. They're not big ball carriers. They are hard. They're just hard grafters. I think no, that's... but I I think England, as most other teams, are just getting their best players out on the pitch. So well, Has- Haskell, Robshaw, Billy, which is the, their preferred choice, is their best it's, players. It's, it's, exactly the same as Stander, Heaslip, uh, O'Brien. They are their best. They three are the best players. I'm, go- I'm going with Phil. I don't think it's um, a, they, rev- a revolution or ripping it up anything. No, try I think they need more balance. It's just actually. Why why aren't you using the blueprint that served you so well for the last year? Mm. 
Yeah, in, in terms no, of... I think I think Phil's right. I think kicking the ball is probably no, definitely more important. Yeah, but I think the back row does need to be rebalanced. Balanced. Yeah, I can I can understand the balance thing, but I'm not sure I would change anything just because they they are so good. Um, and Sean O'Brien on his day does everything, does absolutely everything. He'll hit every rook, hit every tackle, and carry for dozens and dozens of yards. We talked about Hog. We should briefly just say um, fair play. Uh, Sean Maitland, who came to Scotland's rescue a couple of times defensively. Oh, yes, yeah. Right, the cover tackle on um, on Carney. There's something about Saracens oh. kind of bringing out the best in what what players that could potentially be mediocre or could potentially be international no. class, and Saracens kind of squeeze that out. Of them. I think the I think the the opposite of Maitland. I think he could be one of the world's great wingers. I mean, physically, he's up there, but he just doesn't quite seem to cut loose. He's ne- he's so nearly there, but not quite. We spoke about this when he, um, when we were watching the game. Defensively, I'm completely with Tim. Yeah. I, th- I think now he's more solid than he's ever been. Offensively, I agree with you. I think offensively, he 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 looks to cut back inside, or he, Why? he doesn't so back strong, himself. So powerful. Yeah, there was a couple of times in that game where he gets the ball on the outside, and instead of just pinning his ear back, go for the fend. If you're being pushed into tuck, rubber through, he. Half went for it and then cut back into inside into traffic. Mm. You'd be screaming, "No, no!" Exactly, and he does it all, all the time. Do you remember how annoyed he was last year not to be picked for, uh, for, <laughs> for Scotland? I remember talking to him uh, first week in March. <laughs> yep. Right, I tell you, tell you what. I'm going to segue uh, in, before we get into another game. I'm just going to ask you um, your thoughts on. I'm going to get into this. Your thoughts. Your, your thought. No. Oh well. Um, yeah. What. Well, I, I was just getting this actually links in with it nice. on, I'll, I'll get to that JB I'll get to that um, but no what, what did you think of the, the different broadcasters we had the BBC and we had ITV oh I particularly liked uh, Ronan O'Gara's coverage for RTE yeah that's... oh yeah of course there's there's that one as well if you want I think um, ITV not spots of him personally I, I don't even think it was, it was even close I, I, there are some pundits and I'm certain of this they just mail it in they don't do their research they don't, they don't do anything um, I tend to feel that is the case with the BBC, um, and I thought the, the ITV pundits were far, far better, far better. It was quite good having Paul O'Connell. I, I quite I, Paul, I, Paul O'Connell. Yeah, his insight is is brilliant. Yeah, because he talks about talk, mean, he talks very slowly about he, he does talk very <laughs> slowly. That, well, that's the thing. So his insight is brilliant, and his experience, and he's, he's recalling experience that was not eighteen months old when mm. he was last in the World Cup, which is his last involvement. But he does, he does sound a little bit bored. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, well, I, I would if I was probably hanging out with. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, no, one criticism. Sorry, you were going to say something, Jamie. Yeah, no. So I was, I was referring more to the in-match commentary. Oh yeah, well, I, I'm taking it as a whole. Mm. Uh, personally, I would happily tolerate the adverts uh, for the ITV. corporate adverts given to the broadcasters by people in suits. Are you sure? Absolutely. That's very untim. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I thought there were some great adverts in the ITV one. The, uh, I enjoyed the Bradley Wiggins advert. Bradley for Skoda. Wiggins Skoda one was good. That was very good. Very cinematic. And there was a there was a really good one that George North was involved in, Jim Telfer and stuff, which was Gillette. Although I've we, not seen that one. Yeah, I it's. Uh, I guess making a brew. It looks quite a, quite a well made advert. Although it's a bit of a sham because George North is obviously just taking the dollar 
yeah. uh, and going, yeah, I use Gillette, but we know better, right? Exactly right. We, yeah. know, be- we this, know better. This um, it really strikes for another HIA for me, yeah. for George North. Poor oh, George. I agree. He, he doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know what, what razor he's using. He just, um, yeah, he, he, he got a knock on the door and someone at Gillette says, oh, you, you use Gillette, George. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Right, say say that now. And they had cameras there, doorstepped him. They probably had to rip the cornerstone razor out of his hand. Exactly. We know George uses cornerstone. That's why he looks so fresh-faced and uh, chiselled uh, his jawline when he played for Wales against Italy. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to want, like George North, to have a cornerstone razor, uh, then you could get one with your own free engraved aluminium shaft, engraved with your initials, Come delivered to you in a beautiful presentation box with six wonderful new razors and any other supplements you want from as little as four pounds uh, with also as i say your free shaft from cornerstone which is fact the best razor on the market gillette can spend millions on their adverts but they can't claim to be the best razor in its class cornerstone is voted for in gq awards above wilkinson sword above gillette so get the best cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers or egg 10 at checkouts Uh, i'm going to play something uh, because this is a source of massive frustration for all fans of all other nations except for england and that is the fact that the the, uh, that have to watch uh, half their rugby through the bbc and itv that is um, and I think I'm going to start doing a little competition through the Six Nations on which broadcaster in the games England aren't involved in mentions England first. And Ugo Monnier mentioned England with his first sentence today uh, as, <laughs> as pundit for Wales v Italy. Yeah. Uh, but B, uh, BBC won that, this race. Uh, check out how many seconds into the whole programme before England got a mention. This is uh, BBC Ireland v Scotland. Here we go, it's starting now. By trains and boats and planes, they've come from all over Ireland, buoyed by that autumn victory over the All Blacks, and thinking this could be the year of a Grand Slam showdown against England. In- <laughs> <laughs> uh, I made that 11 seconds. Wow. Who had 11 seconds before England get a mention? They just, everyone seems desperate to talk about England. I know there's more of us Englishmen watching than anyone else, and you've got to kind of, you know, keep people interested, but... I can understand why other nations get a bit frustrated as well. Yes. Yeah. I've got, oh, I've got something else. Sorry, I've got another bro- another broadcaster. We've gone to RTE. Let me take you to uh, a different broadcaster. I'm terribly sorry about this. Uh, carry on. Um, I'm trying to think of what something else. Is this about. the French one? Yes. It's. Uh, uh, I've not seen this. It's um, a French. All oh, right. Do you know what? I will find it. What game should we go on to next? Well, England France. Yeah. Let's Chronological. Do it. Chronological. Chronological. I think there's a lot to take out of this. There's an awful lot. And I think England might have got more than a bit lucky, actually. England did get a bit lucky. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Oh, here we go. Sorry. No, this because I'll just tie this loose end off. Um, and this ties into this. French team covering Italy-Wales today. French broadcaster. And um, do you remember when Gary Neville uh, commentated on that Fernando Torres goal and had a bit of an orgasm? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a... There you go. Now, who was commentating on that game? For France? Yeah. I've no idea. <laughs> because, they, no, not the French guys. Was that an ITV one? Or was that? Yeah, it was ITV. Someone uh, said. Flat, Flatman. Someone Flatman said. And Nick it, Mullins. I'm sure. Fran, for France. The France I'm England. sure I've listened to BBC 
I'm sure the BBC commentary for that. It was as well. it was Nick Mullins, Flats. Uh, Flats, one of them, and uh, I feel like I should know the other one. I'm sure I've heard the BBC ver- version of them because one of them I think it's Eddie Butler. I'm sure I'm sure that there's BBC uh, BBC version of it. Um, said Slamini. No, hang on. What's his name? Slimani. S- oh, Slimani. Yeah. Uh, when it was Chockey that scored, but went outrageously French, as if he'd queued it up, as if he. But it- it was Slimani who scored. Oh, did, uh, was it was Chucky the next one? Next what? No, I thought Chucky scored. No, Slimani, no, Slimani scored. Xavier Chucky scored. No, Slimani, Slimani scored. scored. Oh, they are then. I'm completely wrong. <laughs> what? So you you were listening to this commentary on BBC? Uh, yeah, because I watched the highlights on the BBC website. Oh, okay. Hang on, I thought it was Xavier Oh, it was, Chucky. Lo- it was uh, Mullins, Delalio, Flatman. Delalio, yes. So it went very, very French. <laughs> Anyway, let's talk about the game as well. <laughs> Are you absolutely sure it was Slimini? Yes, it was. Slim- you, now, is that fake news? <laughs> alternative facts, right there. Yeah, there's an alternative fact right there. Right, I'm going, to st- I'm going to start the England-France chat. Yes, let, we'll, we'll get on to all the good things about France, and they were good, and England had an off day, and Eddie Jones was quite right to say England won ugly. It was ugly, but a wonderful result. Just, I mean, when we were talking last week about England's potential hero, uh, the name that we put forward was Owen Farrell. Yep. And that guy is is the beating heart of that England team. He is, he's a, oh, just an incredible character of the guy. I, I, I absolutely love him. Yeah, I, I, I do as well. Except it, for yesterday. Well, no, no, especially yesterday, especially yesterday when he was doing that suicide run on, on King Louis to tackle him. That just, was an impressive that, tackle, yeah. actually. Was, he, got, was, he got handed off by Speding... Uh, <laughs> badly once. Yeah. Um, yes, he got very badly handed off. And he was targeted for a lot. I thought he was very quiet, particularly with ball in hand, because he was targeted. They were shooting out of the line. Uh, it was normally one of the centres, Fiku or Lamarat, along with one of the back rows, and they would just target him. So he was getting man and ball every time and not no opportunity to spread it. So I thought it was a quiet game for him. But the comparisons to Johnny Wilkinson... Uh, you can draw those lines without a doubt. The the the, heart, the heartbeat of the team, the defensive rock for the team. He's happy to put his shoulder on and. and... I don't think defensively he's quite as impactful. I think he's very competent, but I think yeah. Johnny was dominance, which is a difference. I also think that yesterday he was shown up a little bit in the in, uh, inside inside centre, but I'd still pick him every day of the week. Oh, hundred percent, particularly at ten, hundred percent. Oh yeah, but he, he was he was playing particularly for that first first half. Um, he's playing inside centre on a pack that was struggling to win its own ball. Yep. They kept knocking it on, kept giving penalties away, and with a nine who seemed in um, obsessed with giving slow, awkward passes. So it, it was it, made I, difficult for we, him. We always talk about we hope players can carry their club form into international rugby. We yeah. sort of hope, <laughs> hope the reverse is true for Ben Youngs. Exactly. But, but he has done. Uh, I thought, uh, well, there's two areas of the England team which were of interest to me first with the wings I mean those two wings if you just lined them up and said what does that one do you go it runs fast and what does that one do <laughs> it does everything else it works incredibly oh, hard yeah uh, I thought Elliot Daly uh, I mean I think he might be an absolute superstar come next next ne- like next couple of years he was brilliant oh. he was absolutely brilliant he had one where he, they broke in the first half and he kick, tried to kick over the top and kick straight into touch yeah but besides that, everything he did, he did very, very well. Um, he slammed that kick over. He just <laughs> no. nailed it with no no um, p- 
Ponzi pre-kick routine or anything like that. No, no, no big, big arena. Yeah, I will put that ball on that tee and I'll kick it over those posts. Yeah, from where anywhere. Something, there's something very old school that I really like about that. Oh, I, I, just a really nice, clean strike of the ball with, with no, uh, no pretense. Allegedly, they've limited his kicking practice at Wasps. Yeah, because he kicks it so hard. <laughs> he just kicks it really, really hard. They're worried about a stress fracture in his foot. Um, so. Yeah, if he's going to be an actual hero, I think Johnny May is slowly turning into a cult hero. I don't understand how this guy plays international rugby. I, I mean, you think he's consistently world class. Uh, I've never said that. You, you, you say, said that. What did you say? Consistently? I said he's consistently good, and he I said, said he has world class moments. I, uh, okay. You repeatedly say he's consistently world class. I've never said he's consistently world class. No, you, no, just, said you Phil, just said it then. Phil, don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> We're going to get on to things JB has said, and... Uh, <laughs> Well, and egg on his face uh, I mean, before when, long. It was a glorious moment when Johnny May ran sideways across the pitch. <laughs> I mean, it was like watching, it's like watching school rugby. Where's he going? Where's he going? Under his own posts as well. Yeah, yeah. he's that was he's some <laughs> character. Friend of the pod, CJ, said that is the most Johnny May thing he's ever no, seen. Johnny I May said do. that. Oh, did you say that? <laughs> yeah, that was incredibly Johnny Mayish. <laughs> I mean, it just tells me how good he must be on the ball. That you can tolerate that kind, that sort of scrummaging. I mean, the scrummaging. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the scrummaging tells me everything that I need to know. Because as a professional rugby player who does nothing but rugby, how does he not know? And then the running across the pitch sideways, it's it's, it's marvelous. I know. Let's keep it on the positives. And I know you. Uh, that is a positive, mate. Oh yeah, no, I know, I know, I know. So I'm saying, let's keep it on the positives. So I know you hate this music, but hold on. What is that? Hold on. Oh, we've not had this for a while. I know you hate this music, but let's talk about King Louis. Oh, how does he do it? Oh, what what a guy! Uh, just an orthodox. It, he's incredibly naturally talented. I mean, the, the, what he does, you can't coach. If I was a French man, or just anyway, I, I, I'd you know, we all want to go hiking up a mountain, <laughs> pitch a tent, go fishing. <laughs> Uh, ride bareback on horse on horses up up a mountain with uh, Louis Pickamore, special man, special special man. What a performance! Yeah, well, I, felt, he... I felt bad. <laughs> almost as an Englishman, I almost felt bad that France lost just because of King Louis. It's his birthday today as well. Oh Do you know no, that? he's thirty-one today. Um, do you have the stats for King Louis? I certainly do. Far away. Uh, so he beat. More than twice as many defenders as the whole England pack, and he carried for fifty yards more than the entire England pack. What? Quite incredible. Uh, <laughs> he alone so was the, incredible. Well, the learn from this, you were talking about Ireland maybe are, are imbalanced and have too many ball carriers. It just shows what an unbelievable difference. Like a Benny, well, both the Vunapolas actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nathan Hughes played played well. He had a, so, a, a solid game and he carried hard, but. He's no Billy. Mm. He's no well, King Louis. Well, he's no Billy and Mako, and, and yeah. the, the two of them together. Well, that was my second area of concern, really, was the England back row. I think they miss Rob Shaw an incredible amount. I'm so glad I'm so glad to hear you say that, because I assumed you were going to go, oh, they miss Haskell loads. Oh, I, I think they miss both, to be fair. They do, but Rob Shaw, the, work, the unseen work that he does... And the, 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 the link player, I always refer to this as Rob Shaw, yeah. there, there's no one else in that forward pack who has just even decent sympathetic hands mm. yeah you're right um, 
Yeah. Is it too early to call Robshaw the new Richard Hill? Lots of unseen work. Yeah, well, Richard, Rich, essential. Richard Hill was the starting player for the Lions. He got, he won a World Cup. He was, he was, he was recognised. I am so, I'm so fearful that Rob Shaw's going to miss out on the Lions again, and someone like Haskell will go. I, I'm, and, a, and I'm not. That's not to denigrate Haskell, but I'm, I'm kind of with Phil. He what? does. He, he's so important, and he's had such an incredible. Think back to November 2015 after the World Cup. And the way that the year and a half he's had since, or the uh, no, the year, uh, the year, yeah, year and a half he'll have had by the end of the Six Nations. If he doesn't get on that Lions plane, I'll be absolutely devastated for him. He deserves well, it. Well, the injury I think is going to cost him because if he doesn't get on the field for the Six Nations, uh, he's which really, I don't, I don't think he will. Yeah, he's got an, a, a huge, huge battle. So, because, so if you take Gatland on his word, which he said. The Six Nations and the latter stage of the Europe, of European rugby will be where he decides his Lions team. Oh. Then Robshaw won't be doing any of that. Yep, because he's not in European rugby either. But I would hope that he's already built up enough credit. Um, but you just don't know. But you know what? Yeah, with, with both of these guys, it's the opposite to Sean O'Brien. They don't do anything particularly flashy. And yeah, that's the problem with Sean O'Brien. He does too much stuff <laughs> flashy, so you can't really say you can't him. Yeah, it's so difficult to overlook. Um, a seven who's going to make 50 yards a game in heavy traffic. It's like Miles Benjamin. Um, <laughs> always doing those, those, those bits of hard work which no one ever appreciated yeah. for. No, that's it. People always think that wingers are there to score tries. They're not. They're there to win ball at ruck time. Yes. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, Secure the wide tries. Right, so come on then. Let's get the flip chart back out and... Um, Let's let's be Eddie Jones. What what do you, you sit? We're going to sit down on Monday morning with, with a cup of coffee. We're going to watch the game again, and then we're going to go right. This is what we do for this weekend. Right. So first of all, I don't think Atoji is a back row answer for anyone. Um, as good as he is, it just didn't work. And it's not so much he's bad, but in the dynamic of that team, for instance, the line out. Uh, there's one which is an absolute shambles. Oh yeah, and that, that that was dreadful where it hit Dan Cole on the back of the head. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say a few things, uh, but I'm I'm not going to start there. I'm just going to say I, I was really glad to see Eddie Jones stuck with Tom Wood uh, as the open side. I thought, I was, we, as we talked about last week, we were really worried about the number of players coming back from injury and that Haskell had hardly had any rugby under his belt and Tom Wood did well in the autumn. Tom Wood was a Kvezic-esque penalty machine. Mm. He did give a, a few penalties away. He, did, he worked very hard, though. He was very industrious. I'm not sure... <sighs> I think the back row balance is the yeah. real question for next week. I, I agree on on the flanks because Rob because actually Eddie Jones sort of got himself in a bit of a um, got himself in a little bit of a hole by saying Chris Robshaw's not a seven. Yeah, uh, and actually Chris Robshaw is England's seven and Haskell is England's six when the two of them are on the field. No, ha- I don't think Haskell, so. Haskell can't ball carry and Haskell can't pass. Haskell tackles. Yeah, he can. No, he can't. Yeah, he can. Well, he can, but not to international standard. Yeah, he's, he can. He's, he's like a he tackles. He's more like a half penny passer than a Robshaw passer. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh. Rob Shaw, we've already described him as a link man and he's a breakdown man. Haskell is a tackler and a grafter. So for all intents and purposes, forget what the numbers are, just the position. Haskell acts like the traditional six and Rob Shaw acts like more of the traditional seven for England when he they're both in the back grafter, row. I guess. And when, when, when Itoji, uh, Itoji and uh, Wood are on the field, I agree with Phil. It just doesn't feel like who's doing what. You know, you but, agree with me because I said Itoji. Oh, I agree yeah. with you, yeah. Yeah, yeah so we, agree. we were all agreed on that point. Yeah. But, Which but, is great news for Alan Jones more than anyone else. Yes. No, it's not. It's terrible news for Alan Jones. Bad news oh, for no, Hendo. Because you, you, you can only play Itoji in the second, the second row. row. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, maybe that's good news for Hendo now. Yeah, so he's, the, he's the utility guy. Yeah, so it's good news for Henderson. 
Yeah. It's bad news for Alan Wynn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. How would you change it next week, that back row? With, the, with the players available? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, is the, that is the trick. See, yeah. I, I wouldn't want Marrow and Haskell for the reason I've just talked about. Then you've got kind of two... Although, although Marrow has got hands and skills, but he's not. But not. He's no, not a link man. I think Haskell, Wood, and Hughes. And Hughes, I think, Hughes has to be in there. I, I think. think Laws get. I think Laws gets ditched. Possibly. Yeah. But there again, I'll tell you something else. Um, if it's just a, a little swap of positions, wasn't it Laws that came onto six or seven for Tamona Harrison? Against but, Australia, yeah, but um, Itoji packed down at seven, didn't he? Laws came oh, is that on, right? Is that and Laws went into the row? I thought Laws packed down at six. No, Itoji packed right. down in the back row. Oh, right. that's into that. End. So Jamie George comes in at hooker. Yeah, agree. I I would agree with that. Um, I I would also bring Danny Care in. Yes, I would. I would agree with you on that. Like, is it Danny Care that you want though? Because Danny Care seems to have had a lot of international chances. Um, you know, they're kind of they've got Young's moment who's a bit, a bit of a retread. But why wouldn't you go a different way? Ben isn't Spencer? it weird? I've got these few injuries. Ben Spencer's sudden... not in the squad, so no. Isn't yeah, it interesting? That, the that, sudden... That's the sort of guy, guy, guy that I'd want. Yeah, rather than going back to Danny. Yeah, we're, we're talking about yeah. the players who could potentially be brought in. England's right. So I, I, this probably why couldn't Ben Spencer be potentially brought in? Because he's not in the squad. He's yeah, not why not in the squad. Add, add him to the squad. Right. Theoretically, you could do. There's no rule to stop you. Okay. Do no. you think? Do you think that it's going to happen? Uh, it's, it's happened before, with what? injuries and well, no, whatnot. this is not injuries, is it? This is a yeah, form yeah, shift it, to bring it, someone completely it, outside it the squad. It, yeah, it could absolutely happen. Do I think it's going to happen? No, but it's, that's well, what I'm doing. Okay, that's what I'm doing. Okay, I'm doing that now. <laughs> so that's what you do. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> no, uh, in fact, no. I'd, I'd bring in Wigglesworth. Um, how, how do you like that? <laughs> um, I would bring in Care. You actually saw the last ten minutes when Care came on. You saw f- some faster ball, and his box kicking isn't as good. But that was, I think, that was one of the catalysts for the change, mm. for the try. Um, I'd also be tempted to play to start Jack Noel yep. ahead of Johnny May. Yeah, I but think, I think everyone would be tempted to do that. Was it some personal reasons he didn't play this week? No, well, someone mentioned he hadn't. Trained he missed. He missed a couple properly. of days. He missed a couple of days training, which could have been behind it. But Eddie, but equally, Eddie Jones quite likes a big guy and a small guy, and, and Elliot Daly's stacked. He likes. He is, isn't he? He does like. A very fast guy and a work rate. That's what he's re- repeatedly said. He likes someone who's going to be rapid and someone who's going to work really hard, which those two clearly do. Um, How about someone who can kick from his own half? That that's normally helpful. Uh, oh, and by the way, not only kick from his own half, not just from the tee. That amazing charge down. Uh, I think Farrell kicks it. Charge down. Daly don't know what Pick, he's doing there. Yeah, scoops it up. Bang! See you later. Puts it right in the corner. That yeah. was a hell of a kick. There's a lot of yeah. daily love. And something else I'd be tempted with is dropping Marler. He mm. didn't. He wasn't his usual self. Obviously, he's not played for four weeks yeah. um, from coming back from a broken leg. Who so starts? Lou said for you. That's the problem. Yeah, you see, England are creaking when you, when you go. But do you not want him to get under Samson Lee's skin? Samson. Well, <laughs> well, well, Samson Lee had a bad game as well. We'll come on to that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Wales. Wales have got their own problems in the front row. Yeah, but yeah, but Samson Levy Marler would be. Yeah, would, yeah, I would quite like to see that as well. But yeah, fairness. I didn't. I was kind of hoping at forty minutes because, well, maybe even earlier, thirty minutes. Eddie Jones had done it before. I didn't think Hartley was playing well. I didn't think Marler was playing well. I didn't think Youngs was playing well. I would have liked to see. 
all three hooked off in well, about 30 minutes. Maybe that's a bit bold, Ooh. 30 minutes, but um, I would have liked to see a change. To I'd love to know what statistics he was looking at when he did that to Burrell and Harrison. What was like the straw that broke, broke the camel's back 30 minutes into a test match? Yeah. But he, Cap- did, the, he did the same for Tamina Harrison. Right. Mm. There's, a, yeah. there's a giant elephant in the room, right? You've heard the phrase... Hear me now, believe me later, come out of JB's mouth a number of times. Hear me now, believe me later, Sale Sharks are the best attacking team in the Premiership. 100%. Although it's taken a small blow this week, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Hear me now, believe me later, various other things. Some of which, you know what, fair play, I'm going to give JB the props. Way before uh, any dis- many dissenting voices elsewhere. Hear me now, believe me la- later, Stuart Lancaster is not that, it cannot do anything for England he, he'll I, I also called uh, Hartley as Hartley as, uh, as captain just, yeah okay just, you've got you, you've got so anyway so let's let's say for argument's sake you were 50-50 and on this one you <laughs> that's, were either that's generous on this one you were yeah, it is, on this one you either get you're in the casino and you're putting it all on red uh, and and I put it all on black when I said about 18 months ago or whatever it was when he was still wearing a Leinster shirt we were talking about mm-hmm. we were talking about England post World Cup 2015 um, and I said, do you know what? I think Ben Teo could be quite a good England player. And you heard it from somewhere. There was laughter. I, well, I got greeted with laughter from the you chair did. to my you left. Did. You laughed and then, hear me now, believe me later, Ben Teo will not play for England. Well, there was two parts there. Ben Teo was going to be 12 and Slade was going to be 10. So you got half it right. I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. I still think it's staggering that Ben Teo is in the England squad. Um you wouldn't say he was the best or one of the best 12s in England, judging by his Worcester p- performances. In fact, well, England's best 12 isn't a 12. No, no. Uh, and that goes back to the thing I say about 12 has been so hard to find. Like traditional hard running 12s that can get over the game line are almost impossible to find now, which is why you've got this explosion of 10s playing 12. Uh, but no, credit where it's due. You, uh, you heard it from somewhere and you repeated it. So. <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. <laughs> you, get all, you, you get the credit that you deserve, Tim. Thank you, JB. Um, but I, I, I was watching the game thinking, George Ford's not having his, his greatest yep. game here today. He's not marshalling this. He's not grabbing the game by the scruff of the neck like you want to tend to. Mm-hmm. Owen Farrell's the kind of guy that can do that. But when he's one further out from from the breakdown it's a little bit harder to do so he grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck 
and Bentio gave the, the the level of physicality, which against that French team, incredibly physical team. Do you know who I yeah. think would have made a difference team. on the weekend? I think Bastarov would have made a huge difference to one to one of the sides at least. Um, <laughs> because I mean, why why not have that boy on the bench for the last thirty minutes? Yeah, it was interesting. Oh. It was interesting to see that they kind of went away from the Bastaro. They went with Lamarat and Fiku, mm. who are um, kind of more creative, more ball players, more elusive runners. But I thought, so I want to come back to one of the first things you said, Tim. You said that France played well, England were lucky. I I actually disagree. I don't think France played well. I think certain French players played very well. Pickamoles was incredible. Seren? Seren was okay. He looked very predictable. He did it. Yeah, like, Seren wasn't... There's one bit I loved that he did when he he, he tapped the ball down for a 22, ran, sprinted out as, to go towards the 22 looking for a drop kick, and then completely unnecessarily did a massive 40-metre oh, yeah, reverse pass. Yeah. Just because he can. I loved yeah. it. Well, so, Pickamoles was incredible. The back three, Spedding, who I don't particularly like, uh, Nakatasi and uh, Vakatawa... All from the same village in France. <laughs> <laughs> well, so those those three, um, given the opportunities by some very poor kicking, stupid kicking from England, those three three played particularly well. But the core of the France side, the core that I was expecting would create this free-flowing attack in French rugby, and I mean Serin, Lopez, Ficou, Lamarat, they were... Non-existent. Mm. I, I, Fickle sh- in particular seems to be very. He just seems to run straight, straight yeah. into, contract, uh, you, into contact. You didn't see. I didn't see anything. And if so, if those had played well, those centres and the, the um, nine and ten, if they'd have played well to give Pickamoles and the other big boppers and that back three ball. I love that phrase, mm. big boppers. France could have been brilliant. Well, the because, two, well yeah. Nakatasi and Vaka, help me out Vakatawa. here. Vakatawa. They seem to run across the pitch just to find each other to pass to. Yeah. They were that desperate for a creative <laughs> spot. They, they know the good players. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, where's the other guy? Where's the other one? Uh, uh, and as for Spedding, I mean, th- this guy's got the build. No, sorry, say his name right. Spedding. He's got, Sped- Spedding. He's got the build of a low-end doorman who likes, ju- <laughs> who likes a little bit too much juice. Yeah, uh, and a little bit of violence with it. Yeah. yeah. You know, I've got a feeling that in Bucharest we're going to see a lot of guys... In, Who look just in like Scott Spedding. Scott Spedding, <laughs> definitely. Uh, Joy, we've got some uh, messages that are being sent in uh, on Facebook Live. Let's, let's go, let me go through a few of these. On the subject of England and their back row selection, where the changes should be made, another suggestion that's come in from Charlie Foxtrot who's come up with a suggestion of someone who, again, won't be picked because he wasn't in the squad, but someone who could fill that Oh, Shaw God, don't, don't tell Phil, who mental. Mark Wilson. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'd, like, I'd like to see him get a shot, yes, definitely. Yeah. Uh, he, he, probably... won't, he won't, because yeah, he's yeah. not in the squad, but, but there you go. Just a it, won't, it won't happen. But... Yeah. Um, Steve Parrott says that uh, Eddie Jones apparently said that Noel not playing was nothing to do with non-training. It was, mm. was a selection. There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paddy Irvin says or Irvine says the BBC are terrible as a broadcaster going back to that conversation about who who did it best uh, but he says but ITV's break between the anthems and the kickoff is so incredibly crap mm. uh, <laughs> yeah. ITV smashes BBC in every other way I will go for that but I know this from, from radio you pay an extra premium for the advert so you quite often on radio you'll get an advert mm. th- then the news bulletin say at, at whatever midday yeah and then and then there's one little 30-second advert on its own, and the advertiser pays a massive premium for, so, th- for that one. 
It's like the Super Bowl Super Bowl adverts, isn't it? Yeah. Huge, huge. Five, I read five million dollars for thirty seconds. It's something ridiculous. Yeah. Is that what Cornerstone that, pays? It's it, we're on a similar tariff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, proportionally. Proportionally. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and on Facebook Live, Joe Riley also says, "Come on, JB, get your socks out for the lads." Yeah, <laughs> lads, lads, lads. And it's been pointed out as where our our kind of desert or sand coloured boots essential yeah, for these are, rugby um, punditry. I mean, you probably don't know this if you look at us on in Dungeon every week, but uh, I, I'm quite proud of my boot collection. These are some uh, nice. Uh, Sandstone R.M. Williams boots, and these are some uh, Grenson Josephs in um, in grain leather. Grain leather, mm. yes. I, I, today I'm wearing uh, uh, what are they? Adidas. Are they oh. gazelles? Adidas Hamburg. Oh, the Hamburg. Uh, black with orange. Oh, talking of Hamburg, if there's anybody who lives in Munich, not Munich, Berlin, and knows of good places to go and listens to this. Send us a That's it. message. Just, just, use, the, just I, use your yeah. podcast for your own social... Yeah, yeah uh, because I want to know some recommendations for bars ASAMP. Good. Actually, well, should, we, should we spend the next 10 minutes just researching bars in Berlin just for, <laughs> just for your own personal trip, Jamie? Uh, no, because I've got some sales sharks news to get to. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we can talk about that on yeah. the midweek domestic pod. Yeah. Oh, and Jonathan Hooper on the subject of broadcasters just said, I'm, I'm just, I don't mind which, I'm just happy Stuart Barnes is nowhere near the Six Nations. Yeah. Oh. Here, here. <laughs> Uh, last game of the week yeah Wales well we were just talking about different European cities should we just briefly reiterate because this time of year um, we do know that some people uh, discover because of an interest in the Six Nations discover our podcast that is true yes there's always a little bump every single year so hello and thank you very much for downloading if this is your very first listen to the podcast equally thank you if you've been there since day one or at any point in between really appreciate you listening but we are having um, a little bit of an away weekend in Bucharest on the 18th, 19th, 20th of March or 17th, 18th, 19th that weekend that's correct the final weekend of the Six Nations uh, when apparently all the hype for the last few months has been um, uh, it's the Grand Slam decider. <laughs> well, it will be the Grand Slam decider, of course. It, it will be the Grand Slam decider, pro- probably in the European Rugby Cup. Uh, um, European is it? Rugby Nations. European Rugby Nations, European Rugby Nations, Nations Cup. Yeah. Cup. Rugby Nations Championship. In which Romania and Georgia are the two favourites. They have a big showdown match in Bucharest in Romania on that weekend. And because tickets, and it's so expensive, you could probably easily blow 500 quid uh, travelling from England to Dublin, hotels, drinks, food, flights, and the rest. <laughs> and, and the rest. You could comfortably <laughs> blow 500 quid, whereas you could get a £40 return flight to Bucharest, you could get really cheap digs right in the city, you can get less than £1 or about a quid for a pint in a bar, let alone in the supermarket. You can come and see a Live Egg Chasers podcast, and for... £21, you could get VIP tickets for Romania versus Georgia. Yeah, that's a, we've, we found this out. Uh, that, no, not £21 for a ticket, that's £21 for v- VIP <laughs> tickets, which include two hours before and after free drinks and food in the in the marquee. Yeah, and also, uh, you've got to remember a uh, bit of an um, update. World Rugby are following us around. This, this, oh, this is not just something we should throw away casually, JB. This is massive. World Rugby have heard about our trip. <laughs> because we have, some, us. we have some 50 people uh, or thereabouts. Who are I gonna... think we're going to top 100 tourists. You think? I do, yeah. Because every day I look at it, that little number goes up. So it's about 47. But the number which I'm really interested in is how many people other people are inviting onto the, face, the Facebook events. So we've, that's how we're monitoring it. So we've got 47 people booked on already. That, Not- that's that's, that's who've, who've confirmed on the Facebook group that they are attending. Correct. But they're likely to bring, like you say, a couple... They'll, they'll be coming well, in Well, uh, because of the venue size, 
I mean, the numbers are no problem, but you're going to have to be on the Facebook group for a list because, you know, for obvious reasons, we can't have 800 people. Not we're going to get 800 people, but we couldn't have that. But isn't so, it unbelievable that we're talking about, what, a few thousand miles away and, <laughs> and we're talking about having... Th- a hundred people from England travelling over for a weekend to go and watch Romania v Georgia. That got the attention of World Rugby, who obviously want to try and develop Tier 2 competition. They heard that we were doing it. They love that we're doing it and having a live podcast. And they've said they're sending a film crew to document <laughs> our weekend in Bucharest. Yeah, so if you want to be documented on on the World Rugby show and come to the live podcast, which no pressure because we've done loads of these live podcasts. Free, free live podcasts. Oh, no, wait. The other thing, we've done no live podcasts. <laughs> so, yeah, it's going to be tricky, but, but it will we'll be, be fine. But it will be free and for a significantly smaller amount of money than you would spend going to the Grand Slam decider there, you can see an actual tournament decider in the Rugby Nation <laughs> European Nations Cup. Yeah, it's going to be on hell of a game. Uh, what were the what were the results of the Rugby Nations Cup Week One? Uh, it doesn't kick no, off till next, next, week, week, next week. And Georgia so, faced Belgium, yes. so that'll be about as competitive I'll take, as I'll when take, Belgium I'll take faced Germany in 1939. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, they gave up a spirited resistance for a bit, <laughs> yeah. and then uh, yeah, got rolled over. Um, yeah, it doesn't. So they only have one one rest week, which makes it an even better tournament. Yeah, don't you hate the Six Nations? There's two rest weeks, third week, and then the the week you have one week. I'd hate that games. if I was a French player because you have to go back and play top fourteen. Well, so historically they do, but this year, this season, none of the French because the top fourteen was was on last weekend, and none of the French players appeared to have played in the top fourteen. So I yeah, first time ever. Yeah, I think they're they're actually slowly getting to grips with this professionalism. Yes, thing. well, I actually spoke to Philippe Saint-André last week. He's on the Rugby Dungeon, and he'll explain exactly why uh, that that is. Very good. There you go. It's a high-profile uh, conversation. It's kind, of, it's, kind of, it's kind of a big deal. Oh, just, just one thing while we're on uh, Romania-Georgia. The new kit. Oh, goodness. I, I almost want to get the Brokeback Bro- Mountain music out <laughs> again for that Georgia Please don't, kit. please don't. Do you know what? Do you know what? The, the simple thing. If you haven't seen it, Canterbury uh, unveiled the Georgia jersey, and it is a thing of beauty. It's a, it's like a deep red wine, burgundy almost mm. yeah. color. It's like the the Arsenal centenary kit. Is that color? Yeah, the, the red currents with and inter- and that Arsenal kit had gold. Mm. As a, but I think the one thing, and it, it's it's something for teams to think about, is gold is what the detail and the Canterbury logo and the Georgia emblem and the little detail is in gold it looks great with the burgundy but what's great is when the sponsor logo is in that same colour yes well said it makes a massive difference and you know who really messes up with a sponsored colour and their kit they're the worst defenders of this maybe in the world the world of rugby go on does anyone know Gloucester because they've got Ah. the red and so they've got two problems they've got the cherry and white yeah Mitsubishi is oh, like... Well, that's, that's not a problem, is no, it? No, that's it. That's, it's marvellous. Cherry and white, red and white hoops. It's a beautiful thing. But then they've got to put a big white patch in the middle of it. Yeah. And it's got to be the same colour palette, red, as uh, as the stripes. It just doesn't work. So now they should do what we're saying and do Mitsubishi all in black. But unfortunately, I think Mitsubishi's branding is actually a red sign. Yeah. You can't get around that. Mm. Anyway. Do I, we... I think that would be enough to, to just give up the millions of pounds that they pump into Gloucester, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, just, just, just on, a, on a matter of principle. Yeah, just yeah. doing black. It'd be, it'd be absolutely fine. Uh, yeah, but an exceptional kit. It really is a beautiful thing. I wouldn't mind. Get, I, I almost. Made, I was just assuming we'd support the home team, Romania, but maybe we'll be with the travelling. 
Hmm. Maybe as we're travelling, we'll be... Who makes Romania's kit? Is it BLK? Would we be more hmm. likely to get a, fr- a free beer or two from uh, the Romanian International or Romanian Rugby Union if we're... Uh... I think we should yeah. do... I'm going to buy a Romanian tie. I'm going to buy a Mighty Oaks tie. That'd be cool. Yeah, it would be cool. Anyway, should we talk about the Six Nations? Yes. We've got one yeah. more game to do. Yeah, 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 yeah let's do that. Uh, how do you feel, JB, at Wales' top of the table? Take a snapshot of that. Might not last long. Indifferent, really. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't hold up much hope for Wales this um, this Six Nations. In fact, I picked them fifth out of six. And today, first half in particular, showed me why. There have been, I think, steps by Rob Howley. Now, whether he actually wants to do this you know, organically or whether he thinks it's the right thing to do because the media are talking about bringing Scott Williams, bringing... Bring in uh, to Perek. The latest was is what you mean. Be... You mean Gatlin's not just telling him what to do on a from afar, from afar. Well, here's the thing. I mean, Gatlin probably wrote him a list of things of like what to do and how to do it. And I bet you the one thing Gatlin didn't write because he never thought he'd need it was what do you do if you're down half time against Italy. <laughs> so um, yeah, Gatlin can only help him so much. Uh, the first half, I couldn't honestly see how Wales would Wales would win it. They offered nothing. Um, they had a lot of possession. They didn't manage to score without possession. It wasn't the fact. It wasn't for the fact that Lee Halfpenny, you know, is an exceptional kicker. Um, you know, there, there was just nothing there. There was no spark. There was just nothing. Are Wales the worst team five meters out from an opposition try line? They're certainly not the they're best. Absolutely clueless. They just yeah. They're not. Uh, they're not Exeter. That that's for sure. Um, and you know, it is the hardest place to score from. But you, you know, you've got. You know, these are the these are the areas where the good where the good teams score. Look at people like Saracens; they just tighten up. Look at people like Exeter, like I mentioned mentioned before. They T- just Toulon you. when they were good. Toulon, yeah, yeah, when they were good. When a couple, yeah. of, t- a couple of seasons ago, let's say that you've just got to plow over. Um, so yeah, pretty disappointing. I think second half they did better. Maybe some some Davis did help with that. Yeah, I was going. I was very interested to get your take on that actually, because um, it it did look like they were. Whether it was a decision was made tactically and it would have happened regardless of who was on the on the field, but it did look like they opened up a bit more when Sam Davis came on. Yeah, well, okay, so Sam Davis uh, is a very talented player by all accounts. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen an awful lot of him because I don't watch very much Pro 12. Um, he does play flatter than bigger, which isn't necessarily a huge advantage, but he, he, he does, which leads me to think if they were going to pair him up with someone... I actually think Roberts might be a better option because he can play so flat to that game line where Jamie Roberts is really good. Because you've got that out of Jamie Roberts. Exactly. Whereas if you are playing with Scott Williams who wants to do a little bit of creating himself... Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just like head this one off at the past because I don't think you throw a young guy like that in against England uh, in a big, big game. And secondly, I, I think you, we should stop short of making any longer-term judgments based on the last 20, 30 minutes of an Italy team who always ran out of gas. Yeah, well, I yeah, think... Yeah, they were always going to run out of gas. So he did... Yeah, you're absolutely right. He did make an impact, and I'm not saying that that's not the case, but... but I, I think the overall judgment was actually on. for the first 40, not the last 20. Uh, and that's what's... Got, I think that's the most disappointing thing. Yeah. Um, there again, Tim. There again. There was a young man who um, only had a handful of test starts before going out and pumping... Uh, 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 England for Wales, and that was Dan Bigger himself. About what four years ago? Yeah, he. I think he had something like ten caps. So um, I've just remembered how unbelievably smug you were that night. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was linking back to something you mentioned. I was actually in Berlin 
on that night, the 30, 30 points to three game. Mm. Terrible. Dreadful, dreadful. That was dreadful. Um, uh, ITV did a really honest uh, piece before the match with George North, who spoke very uh, honestly about his, the whole concussion system. Basically, he was saying, yeah, I know if it happens again. He was kind of sort of saying, if it happens a number of times, people will start telling him he, sh- he should stop playing. He said it, but it's my, you know. Exactly. It's, it's his decision. Me. It gives him a fun, phenomenal lifestyle. Uh, leave the boy alone. Did either of you, you know when he scored that try and he kind of rolled over onto his knees and put his head in his hands? Yeah. Did either of you think, oh my God, a blood vessel's just burst in his brain? <laughs> yeah, I did briefly. I didn't think there's something wrong. And then he went, and then he went, and then he started rubbing his leg and he thought, all oh, right, okay, he's covered. He, he's been taught now. Yeah. When you have a head issue, rub your leg. Or your neck. <laughs> or your, ne- or your <laughs> neck. Anything but the head. Uh, but ITV uh, said, I can't remember who said it, but one of them said, uh, well, um, Wales seem to be addressing the concussion issue head on. <laughs> this was quite good. They also said in commentary, or one of the pundits did, uh, Conor O'Shea will be pulling his hair out. <laughs> Again, it's like trying to shut yeah, the stable uh, door of the, after the horse. One got into a horrible mess. Like uh, if Conor O'Shea does well with Italy, he might become an internet. He might become a, a maybe the Irish coach. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, he is an international coach. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh no, a real international coach. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, there were some things I loved about this game, some things I didn't love. Let's just talk about that first half from Sergio. I'm sorry, Sergio. Thank you, Italy, yeah. for pizza. Thank you for pasta. Thank you for prosciutto. Uh, prosciutto and thank you for Parise. Mm. Oh, my word. Who's who's looking forward to Parise if you pick them all already? Oh. That showdown. Parise, I, I am sorry. Yeah, I, we, um, we got it completely wrong on this. Well, we, well, no, we never, we didn't say. No, you no, I pre- did. You, no, you, yeah, but JB, you were. I'm going to defend you slightly because you weren't predicting that he would have a, a be the villain in the tournament. You were saying how much, how many more times can he keep going back to the well and dragging his team up by the bootstraps yeah. on his own? He was class. We were today. speculating whether he was done. We've now confirmed he is very much not done. <laughs> so, so here's the thing, right? If you've got a bit of spare salary cap or more key plays, go and get him because this is the one chance you'll have. That Stade Francais team is going down the pan big time. It's lost a ton of stars. Uh, Parise himself has been suspended for bad attitude. They prefer their South African John Ross. Go and get this is a, a, a plea to all teams in in the Aviva and Pro Twelve. If you're listening, you know you can act on this if you want. Um, go and get him. Oh, I there agree. is never a better time. I agree. Yep. Never. Please, there should be a, a statue in Rome um, put up of this guy as well. So life size. So you know. 15 foot at least and uh, <laughs> and obviously you know only like all the traditional statues naked obviously yeah um, yeah yeah uh, very very good that, when, he, when he was beating the full back when he was beating Lee Halfpenny in the air to collect oh, high balls when he was oh, oh. when he was running and giving that filthy little no look in, in, under, I love that the I love that <laughs> why don't oh. I do that more often that's what I was thinking <laughs> <laughs> on the flip side I thought there was an element where Welsh players, um, the cringy celebration, try celebration, right? Liam Williams and um, uh, JD, JD two, JD two. Now you're well. down with the kids more than me. You're yeah, in radio. What's going on with this? So, yeah, what is it? Can salt, you tell me? It's, salt it's, Bay. He's sprinkling salt. What? I, what? Didn't, I didn't know it was called Salt Bay. What, what, is, what salt does Bay? What does Bay mean? Uh, B A E. Well, what does that mean? Uh, what? Like, is like your weapons manufacturer? It's like your baby, like your honey. Your honey. Your ba- your, your... Uh, see, B A E to me means weapons. <laughs> so he's basically you're going. You're basically going. My my honey's a nice piece of steak. Is that what you're going? Something rump, and yeah. uh, I'm sprinkling salt on you. It's what? some stupid video, some meme of um a guy slicing up a piece of 
steak and then he sp- sprinkles salt by like this really kind of camp thing <laughs> yeah. sprinkle it onto his onto his forearm so it bounces off his forearm onto the steak why? I, I can't that, believe you've never seen this. And that's why would I see it? When, when, I mean, at what point would I? What between the multiple podcasts or giving financial advice? I mean, when would I get to see Salt Bay? You're one of the most active people I've ever seen on Twitter. Never heard of it. Only when questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but on. only I'm only <laughs> yeah. tweeting about me. I'm not reading what other, <laughs> other people have got to say. So anyway, so now you know the origin of Salt Bay, uh, and. You know, hey, well, uh, some people don't like Owen Farrell doing his. Um, oh, you're watching it. I'm watching Salt Bay now. Okay, <laughs> so Owen. Some people knock Owen Farrell for thinking he's doing some sort of like, oh, I'm so cool thing. But his is a, a charity. Not interested. Of someone, that, yeah, a friend of the family. Joining Jack. Joining Jack. Yeah, it's, it's a friend of the family who is affected by this disease, and that's why he does it every time. It's quite a nice, touching. Oh, sorry. What's the What's the charity? What's it called? Just join, I'm sure it's Joining not, not, Jack. Not just Jack, is it? Or it might be Just no, Jack or Joining Jack. I'm not sure which one it is, but anyway, that's why Owen Farrell does that every time he scores uh, a, a kick, uh, which is I think is quite a nice thing. Um, but this Salt Bay thing, do one. Oh, it's <laughs> um, it's a Turkish butcher. Fancy <laughs> that. Hot Turkish butcher. There so, you go. There you go. Um, so the Welsh players are cringy memers. And <laughs> Reese Webb, you mentioned this on Twitter, too. Oh, my God. Reese Webb. Mouthing off. I mean, it's part of a nine's job description. Don't get yeah. me wrong. To be chopsy and to but be the, anno- to be annoying. There's one thing about being chopsy, but there's one. Uh, it's co- a completely different one to be continually mouthing off to the referee, um, and appealing. It's the. It's not the mouthing off. It's the appealing. Please, sir. Come on, sir. Come sir, on. look at this. Oh, sir, he's offside, sir, sir. He's, he's on... got hands on. Oh, yeah. sir, sir. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, it and is then, annoying. Uh, yeah, he, so he did it so much that he got a warning. In fact, he got a couple of warnings in the first half. Um, and what well, I, I loved it, and I praised JP Doyle on Twitter for it for for saying, "Alan, tell your nine to zip it." I yep. thought, awesome, JP Doyle, brilliant. He's going to nip this one in the bud. And then, thanks to the the wonderful coverage of ITV, we got really loud, close in ref mic as as Reese Webb ran past JP Doyle. We got a very very loud. Ref. Yeah. I have no problem, right, with the nine saying, you know, he's not rolling or whatever. I mean, because there is an element of oh, there we are, Salt Bay. I've not just, just really, really <laughs> very good. Um, because part of the nine's job is not just to describe to the ref, but also to all to all the play, all the other players. And if an opposition player has got his hands on the ball and he hears someone say, "Hands away, hands away," yeah, he's yeah, more like he's not know, going so, hands away. He's going. He's got he's got both arms up in the air, appealing like a footballer. Ref, ref. Yeah. Okay. So he should be sent off, not for the swearing, because everyone swears. It's sir. It isn't <laughs> ref. It's, ne- it's not been yeah. ref for generations. Get out, yeah. ref. It's sir. Yeah. So um, fucking well, hell, sir. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Effing hell, sir. Is fine. Effing hell, ref. Not so. Not so. Unacceptable. Good. Unacceptable. After he'd been warned, and then I'd I'd be, and then our, and then our lovely Sergio gets. Gets pet penalised for it. Oh, later on. Can we just re- rewind a little bit? We've not really spoke about the refs yet. Oh, I'm, I'm happy to talk about the refs. Yeah, you... I, 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 I praised J, uh, JP Doyle in the first half of Wales Italy on Twitter because I thought he actually let the boys play and yep. he, he nipped things in the bud and he didn't take any crap. And so I, I liked how Alan's, he dealt with, with Sergio. Tell Reese Webb zip it, um, and, and he did all. Uh, but second half, he was he, oh, just the the law interpretations. 
of that Moriarty tackle and there was another couple of tackles across the weekend like this hard dominant tackles and I'm fine about the landing on neck landing on head I'm fine yep. I've, I've dealt with it and got gone through it with the uh, when players are lifted beyond the horizontal but that tackle on Ross Moriarty where he landed on his back he did not land on his neck or not shoulders and, and he was never taken beyond the horizontal and he was penalised and basically dominant tackles are you're risking getting penalised if you tackle yeah. too hard. Well, two, uh, it was two instances of the same thing which happened this weekend, well, which really annoyed me. The Johnny, so this from, just on this one for a second, the, the other one on this was Johnny May's tackle, where, so, the, for me, the, the Johnny May Ficker and the Ross Moriarty one were, were the same because it shouldn't be judged at how high your legs go in the air. Legs can go beyond the horizontal, it's completely irrelevant, but your upper body from your hips to your shoulders, providing that stays horizontal and you land on the flat of your back, mm. there should not be any issue at all with that kind of Agreed. tackle. I think, coaching point, don't lift. Just don't lift. But sometimes you do. Well, sometimes, the force uh, of the as, tackle. as was pointed out, that um, Johnny May was like pulling the legs towards him. He wasn't lifting. Mm. Uh, anyway, it's just, it's there's a couple of occasions where you just think, God. And, and I'm just imagining how this comes to it. It's either little focus group sessions or sessions that the referees have where the, the law dictats get passed down or it's the assessor in the stands who tells them off when they don't. I just it's just wrong. And Nigel Owens was on Desert Island Discs, a show I know you love, JB. I hate it with passion. <laughs> I hate uh, but it. he was on Desert Island Discs and he said that the key to successful refereeing is empathy and he said it's not about knowing when to blow the whistle, it's about knowing when not to blow the whistle. Oh, that's nice. Um there was one area, right? Twice it happened. Yep. Do you know what I'm about to say? I know exactly what you're do, about to do say. Do you know what I'm about to say? The refs uh, the ref let the ball come out. Oh, of, that of one. Rock. Sorry, I thought you were going for a different one. No, no. So the ref, uh, JP Doyle did it, and also the other fella in the England game did it. And uh, the, the Australian? Yeah. He goes up at the every, end of every sentence. And then So the ball has come out the back of the rock, and they're almost encouraging the players to, to go for it. Go on, go on, out. Go on. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on, go on. Penalty. It's like they want to give that penalty. <laughs> I know. And, I, and the ref, like, these players aren't stupid. If they... If they are reading the official's body language, as am I, I'm looking at that official thinking, he wants that player to pick up that ball because it's out, which is why they do it. And then they blow for the penalty. No, well, there is a law, because I, 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 I had a bit of a moan on Twitter at Angus Gardner with the, the... It just feels petty and pernickety and let the boys play, let's get on and just get on, let's just play the game. Mm. I don't want to hear your whistle. And um, I, I said, oh yeah, because Angus Gardner said, he went, ball out. Two players fumbled around with it on the ball. Then an England player dives in on the ball. Penalty. Yeah, got no He's, idea. Yeah, he said the words he used were ball the ball was emerging yes, from the ruck. The ball but was emerging for the ruck. He had already said out. Yeah, yeah he clearly said and out. And his body language is almost like, "Come and get it, boys! Come!" Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. But, but there is a law that you can't dive on a ball emerging from a ruck. Which sixteen point four e. When you have stuff that specific. In a law book, is it any wonder we have picky, petty well, yeah. laws that fans don't understand? I think they need to completely do away with that. That because, so it's like being pregnant. You either are pregnant or you are not pregnant. The ball, the ball is in the rook or the ball is not in the rook. If it's in the rook, leave it alone. If it's out of the rook, fair fair play. Do whatever yep, you want. Open field. That that law should not be. <laughs> well, it's crazy. But isn't the answer for the ref to say, "Don't touch it. Don't touch it. You can touch it." 
Uh, because a lot of refs will talk you through it. Like, it's yeah. out, it's out. Yeah, 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 that yeah sometimes out when you're standing the on the fridge, you go, you go, sir, is it out? Yeah, ball out. And you'll just, you'll, you'll... But like, but, okay, here, here, ref, don't look at them. Don't look at them like in the eyes. Like, come on, come on, come and get it. Come and get yeah. it. Yeah. Here it is. It's ready for you. It's like entrapment, isn't it? Uh, yeah. yeah. It, it's out. Oh, no. No, it's not out. Come and get it. So I am going to say, is there any wonder? I, I said, I think there is a correlation between the fact. I'm not blaming the referees for poor performances of teams. I don't want to go down that line, but I'm saying it definitely contributes. And is it, I, I would praise Roman Poir. I thought he had a. I thought he had an excellent game, Ireland versus Scotland. What a great, what a great spectacle that was. What a great, what great hair. <laughs> yeah, Roman. What is happening to your hair? <laughs> <laughs> Talking about what is happening to to the hair. Is it just because Alan Wynne Jones is like 20, 20 stone and six foot six that no one has the bottle to say comb overs don't look good, mate? Whip yeah, it I off. think they look great. <laughs> on Alan Wynne Jones. Uh, like, I've got a question for you. But no, so Roman Poit was great. Angus Gardner and well, JP Doyle, good first half, but really poor second half. I felt. And again, I don't want to get into this, but Angus Gardner particularly. Oh my word, he he. The teams didn't didn't play well he didn't do well he sunk it to lower levels right, and that, right, well, right, right, I, right. I was expecting Angus Gardner you know when so the players actually were actually complaining because he said emerging rook and someone started to say you'd already said it was out I was expecting him to say yeah but I had my fingers crossed <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't check I had my fingers crossed guys <laughs> yeah you didn't ask yeah. um, right so I've got a question for you Tim yeah have you can you name me a player, any player, who's had an international appearance, just, just one, been found out to be completely out of his depth and then been dropped? There are a um, few players who've had one. Well, well, there's a few players who've done that and then well, maybe sort like of dro- of... dropped way down the rank, like yeah. Tamana Harrison, 30 minutes against Australia, Matt Matthew Tate in the Millennium Stadium on his debut. Okay. Debut. So let me back this up with another question, right? Has it ever been a case of a referee... Been promoted to international level, and then just disappeared because he's not 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 up to it. And if not, why not? I I think if an international coach is worth their salt, they sh- you should. Ne- it's, it's like when people say in business, uh, getting the sack should never be a surprise. Mm, because yes. because if you, if it's never a surprise and you haven't communicated well enough beforehand, if you promote a player above his station, well. It's not really about the player, though, is it? It's about the refs. Why are they? Yeah, yeah. But why I'm... don't we have like a graveyard of refs who got to the international level? And thought, Ooh, well, this isn't for you. And then sent well, them back down say, again. Well, I'd say if that was if that was the case, it's the fault of the people that have put them there. But which is why I don't. Well, think no, because it they're, they're all players who legitimately come up and think, yeah, sorry, that wasn't really fair to put you there, and then you never see them again. Uh, and I think it's same same with refs. It's... Angus Gardner. No, I'm not no. going to be that cruel. No, no, I wouldn't say that. No, either. I'm not going to be that cruel and say I, I never want to see Ang- uh, Angus Gardner ever no, again, no, no, dead or alive. Absolutely, but, um, he'll, he'll, he'll learn a lot from it. I'm sure he wasn't assertive enough. But and... it is weird that there are no refs that have ever been found out just not to be good well, enough. Well, well, the beautiful thing about refs is when it's done well, you don't you don't talk about them. Yeah, you don't mention them. Yeah, yeah. I want um I want a, a law change as well for the refs. I don't want to hear their opinions or their jokes when when they're refing. I want them to be more stoic. <laughs> I also don't want them to use nicknames of players. Yeah, I've heard absolutely. That a few not. times over over the in weekend. fact, maybe they should go back to um, either the number or Mister Someone. <laughs> Mister, <laughs> I like Mister. Yeah, yeah. yeah Mister cool. Hartley, come here immediately, please. Yeah. No, no, I'd like that a lot. Um, <laughs> what would, did you see Austin Healy's tweet before the whale uh, half time? Yeah. Italy master troll on Twitter. He just said, "How good is this battle for the wooden spoon?" Yeah, wooden spoon decider. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all yeah. right. Uh, I, would, I, I mean, would, it's, it's okay, but 
I'm sure that he recycles that tweet every Six Nations. It's probably in his drafts, <laughs> isn't it? To, uh, to Lupe Falatao's boots were not filled at number eight. That was that was one of the big losses that, for Wales. That was interesting. I was hoping Moriarty would step up, but he was largely anonymous. Yeah, but he doesn't play eight for Gloucester either, to be fair. He's more of a combative six. Uh, but he's put in... The, if you're wearing the shirt, you've got to step up. Yeah, cor- yeah agreed. Uh, do, do, you know, do you know how many metres he made? How many carries he made? Uh, I'm going to say five carries... Uh, 25 yards. Four carries, three yards. Uh, You're almost spot on Tim. Wow. Six carries, three yards. Wow. Hmm. Good. Compared to uh, Parise made more than 60. There there we go. Uh, Pickamore's made 130. Nathan Hughes made 40 odd. Are these Opta stats, though? Uh, Bearing in mind, we've met the guys guys from Opta and we know how the sausage is made. um, I'd still trust them to be... Not to be wrong by a factor of ten. <laughs> yes. We talked about England's lack of a link man. Tipperick as a link man. Love love him. And and when the yeah, game Tipper- when the game got loose. Tipperick's oh. good. Yeah. Tipperick is very good. He's very good. Uh just uh, we were talking about the, the refereeing and, and, and stuff and you mentioned Moriarty. Going back to that tackle on Moriarty, the one thing that probably concerned me um as much as anything, again, I don't want to see that ever be penalised ever. Uh, and it was, uh, but what what we're now finding is, and this is where this whole thing that I was talking about, JB said, oh, the ship will write itself. It's gone too far, and it will write itself. What you're hearing now from pundits, and this almost made me want Brian Moore back just for that thirty seconds, so we no, just, nothing makes you want Brian Moore back. No, 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 I know. Just for this particular moment, I wanted Brian Moore back to go. That's a that's a that's ridiculous because there is no one making that noise now. It's almost like. You have to say this, everyone, and yeah, groupthink. It's, it's like a tacit, it's like a tacit agreement. So the phrase that was said after that Moriarty thing was, "Oh, that's the right decision. That's part of the game now." Yeah, I, I was very surprised by the pundits' reaction to that, and it's like they didn't want, they had to toe the line. They didn't want to disagree with the referee. Mm. It's like anything, anything in this whole head area law change, you're not allowed to knock it um, anymore. If you're a pundit, like, can we just pipe that? Just stop. Don't have an opinion that isn't. So and maybe that's how they honestly feel, and maybe we're the ones on. Well, maybe, yeah, but, uh, maybe we're the outsiders. You, know, you do get bored. I mean, I've been fighting this battle for years, and now I'm just bored. You know, there's only so much you can rant and rave, and you realise nothing gets changed. So you say, "Yeah, that is the game. Yeah. Let's move on and enjoy what's left of this, you know, decrepit corpse." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll tell you what we should do. Predictions? Yeah, we will know. And then the MWDP? Let's do, uh, let's do uh, our, our sort of Lions watch list. So Lions watch. So, so not, go- not going through the whole team? Not going through the whole team, no. But uh, just picking. Just basically picking out a few people that have really enhanced their case or a few people that are dropping. Imagine them like stocks. You know, you're in, you're in, you're in investments. Am. Imagine them like stocks and shares. Buy, you're buy, we're buying Stuart Hogg. Yeah. I, I think I've got how stocks and shares work. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, I, I don't, so maybe you can help me out. Um, you, we, we're buying a load of Stuart Hogg. He's like, yeah. Just Hogg, Hogg is for me nailed on starter at fifteen. Completely N- nailed on. He's got a seat on the plane in one of the in one of the the economy seats because he doesn't need much leg room. Save a few quid on him as well. So um, okay, um, risers are going to be. And now, do they have to be considered? Uh, how? Do we have to have them like semi on the plane anyway? No, no. I th- I think we no. do it solely judging this eighty minutes. You know how you um, do your thing every week 
where all of a sudden you're a massive Tim Swinson fan. Yeah. Okay, so he's up. You know, yeah. <laughs> so you know how yeah you watch one game and make, make a <laughs> yes, broad, yeah. generalised, yeah. general judgment on a player. Let's do it like let's that. Do that. Let's yeah. do that. Let's do So JB Lyons. The watch. what? The what have you done for me lately, Lions team? <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. I, I think I've got. I think I'm going to be good at this. So. Um, <laughs> So not Tim Swinson. Um, well, let's do let's do the down. Well, some of the downs. I'm going to say we were talking about him as a potential um, member of the squad, and his loose play is outstanding. But Xander Fagerson showed that he's got big question mark over scrummaging at international level. Yep. Yes. Um, and the two men opposite him in yeah. McGrath and Furlong. Furlong. Ty Furlong. Even, outstanding. Yeah. Rising stars. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have one who is <clears> going to go. Down, but only marginally. I think. In fact, let's do that. Let's just do like we'll, we'll go around yeah. the room quickly. Okay. And say one up, one down. Whatever, whatever you want to do. Still Go going. On. Probably still start. But the shine has gone a little bit off Conor Murray this this week. Okay. Um, well, sticking with that theme, um, Ben Youngs. Yep. I thought he had an awful game. Yeah. Uh, he had a. Ben Youngs only has two types of games: world class or <laughs> national dreadful. national two. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> And, yeah, uh, I would say going down the other England halfback, George Ford. It will be a very, very physical New Zealand side, and yeah, territorial game management and just grabbing games by the scruff of neck is going to be essential for a ten. Which is uh, so George Ford, if he plays like that in the rest of the Six Nations, I don't think he'll make the tour. Uh, yeah, I'll have one going up now, which obviously makes sense. It's got uh, it's got to be Greg Laidlaw. Yes. Yeah, yeah, which uh, is worrying. If you and sticking with the th- scrum halves, there's a lot of movement in the scrum halves. Um, Reese Webb did not have a good game. I still think he's kind of nailed on to be second, though. Oh, right. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. Ignoring everything, ignoring everything gone before this game, he did not play well. No, but I mean, if you rank, ranked the four scrum halves this week, he's still second, right? Just on this week's performance. Uh, no, Laidlaw, Murray, Webb. Youngs, probably okay. for me. Mm. Uh, any more going ups? Oh yeah, yeah. You've, you've picked the ones that I've written. Yeah, down. there's there's one more for me. Uh, Elliot Daly. Yeah, Elliot Daly had a great game, and that's where uh, and that's where I, I'm going to leave it. Hmm. Anyone else? No other significant movers, I'd say. No, not significant. Um, you could mention you could mention Seymour, although he did have a bit of a quiet game by his standards, and you could mention Johnny Gray, but again, a bit of a quiet game by his standards. Yeah. What are the games that, uh, next week? Well, yeah, so, so just just on that one, that that Lions watch. As you're watching the games in the Six Nations in in round two, fire your completely instant, yes. reactive JBS <laughs> opinions to us at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, and we can include them. <laughs> Uh, in our in our Lions watch, so yeah, just just be as reactive and unthought through as uh, un what's the word um, considered as you possibly can. Just instant. One of one of our friends loves Jack Noel, so during that game, every time Elliot Daly did something good, <laughs> I saying Jack Noel who <laughs> get get rid of Jack Noel, and then every time like the one or two occasions that Daly made a mistake, get Jack Noel on exactly. Jack, well, no Jack Noel. Ahead of May, because yeah, I, I honestly think Daly's going to be a, a world superstar by the end, by like, the time that Lions g- comes about. Right. 
Next week's fixtures. Yep. Uh, Saturday, 2.25, Italy host Ireland. It's going to be horrible for Italy, I think. Italy host Ireland? Yeah. That's what I've got in front of me. Italy have two home games on the bounce. That's correct. I suppose they've got five games. They've got five. Yeah, that's what I've got in front of me. Yeah, no, I'm not doubting it. Uh, I think it's going to be a really nasty long day in the office. Conor O'Shea is going to uh, come unstuck big time. You know how... So when the All Blacks lost to um, Ireland, the following week they played Italy and yeah. they put 70-odd points on them. I think it might be like that. I think it won't be 70 points, but I think there will be a backlash. I think... I'm going to say... Actually, I'm going to say Ireland going to score 40 points here. Yeah. Given... Given the way that Wales opened up in that second half, yeah, I, I can see that. Tim, any advances on that? No. Good. Next. Uh, the big one. Wales host England. Right, I want to... Let's very quickly um, just do a like a... I know JB hates any kind of 15... Oh no! Uh, but uh, oh, quick, no. quickly, like a combined fifteen. If you, if you just were, were, if we were selecting based on the thirty or whatever guys that will be, we, we expect to possibly be starting. Who, who would you go with? Because is there any who in the Welsh front row gets in? I no one. Know, I don't know if anyone does. Which is a, which maybe be... one of the hookers. The, the, the hookers are good. Yeah, yeah Hartley, didn't have, Hartley didn't have a great game. I'd probably start um, Jamie George over Hartley. Yeah. Um, so England maybe have an edge there. Yep. Albeit they didn't look totally. But they'll be solid anyway. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to head this off. Wales are going to get hammered. You reckon? I, I, yeah, it's not going to be close. Really? I, I really think that. Would you did go? You, did you see anything from the England performance that suggests that? No, yeah. Because here, here's the thing: in in the pack on the current side, I would pick only Nathan Hughes and Maro Atoji in second row out of the back five of the scrum. And I think that back row could be really, really important. No. Yeah, even yeah, I'm, even I'm with you on that. Even with Haskell back in, I'd pick. I'd rather have Tipperick or Warburton. Good teams, good teams carry on winning because it's a habit, and bad teams carry on losing. And I don't think this is. I mean, this is the remnants of a team that used to be good. I think they've got old. I think they've got a bit stale and complacent. I'm not. I'm not I trying think to the style of play, and that's where it's going to be lost. I'm not saying I think Wales are going to are going to necessarily win, but I think I think. I just I can't get over the difference England with the Vanapolas and England without the Vanapolas. It is yeah, but a different maybe team. Maybe it does take a little bit of time to settle. You know, if you've not got that, yeah. those two absolute beasts. I mean, they will get get over that eventually. It will be very ironically the two Welsh-bred mm. <laughs> Vanapolas. <laughs> well, I mean, this isn't any old any old game, though. You understand that, right? It's got a special significance, no? Has it? Yeah. What is, is DJ Spoonie coming back to DJ before the match? Bigger. It's uh, a huge game. I can't believe that neither of you know this. It's a Friday night game? Nope. No. Saturday, it, after, Saturday, Saturday afternoon. Afternoon, evening. Oh, my God. The winner of this, if there is a winner, and there should be a winner, will be the current JB Cup holder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because Wales, are Wales on three, Wales, or three or four wins? Four, four wins. England on 15? Uh, yes. So if... right. If England had a loss to France, yeah. that once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, that very rare opportunity for the JB Cup, <laughs> would have been held jointly by Ireland, Scotland and Wales. So, um, yeah, whoever wins this one, it's JB Cup time. <laughs> <laughs> the most confusing cup to explain. Well, um, it's not. It's quite easy to explain. The problem is working out, having to work out, having to look through every other team's <laughs> current win streak yep. to work out who's going to take it next. All right, 
Hmm. Um, it's a unique trophy. So, so, <laughs> so unique. just to go back, I would probably pick four Englishmen, four Welshmen in the pack. It's quite even yep. there. Mm. Half back, I'd probably go for Reese Webb reluctantly. I don't think. Well, no, he's he's, he's, cle- not... he's clearly better than Ben Youngs. Um, well, no, which Ben Youngs though? Because well, yeah. Ben Youngs on a good day is yeah. world class. He's outstanding. Mm. But if if you were, but national two Ben Youngs. If you had to, yeah. play, if you had to, if you had to combine these teams uh, and and play a game against someone for the fate of Earth, you would you would go for Reese Webb as more. Pro- well, Reese Webb at full form. It's not going to be about the talent, of, uh, talent yeah. of the individuals. No. It's going to be about the team, the team itself. So y- yeah. you are right to say you would split the team fifty fifty. Well, no, what, what I was gonna, what I was going to suggest was which back, which member of the Wales backline. Other than Reese Webb, would you would, would get near that England team? Because I think this could be where the the game is won and lost. Liam Williams, Liam Williams, probably you would yeah. be one of the wingers well, instead of Johnny May, and yeah. then yeah, yeah, or yeah, even instead of Mike Brown. Or but then the rest, England. Oh, like George North looked good again today. Uh, he he scored a good try. I don't think he, I don't think he looked good. No, no I don't either. Good. I, George North looks. He's starting to look soft. I hate to say it. Like some of the things he does in defence, he doesn't seem to put it in. As much as he used to. I mean, the George North that went in the, on the last Lions tour was, you know, suplexing people. Uh, th- that guy's gone, and it, now you kind of see glimpses there, you know, now and again. His quads look every bit as good as they did in that last yeah, Lions tour. I will he's say that. Just mm, not, not the player he was. Which is, which is a shame. But if, yeah. if, again, if we were picking for the fate of Earth, I, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd select George North. So it just he wouldn't. He wouldn't be on the plane for me uh, based on his current form. So no. I. So I think that that England midfield is going to be where it's won. And Jonathan Joseph loves playing against Wales. Yeah, he's had some big, big games against Wales. He has. Yeah, I, I don't. I think this will be extremely uncomfortable for Wales. Mind you, they are at home. So they are at home. Yeah, that helps. Yeah, definitely. But they've yeah. been hammered in the last. No, actually, the the England game when this time last year was it only got close towards the end. Yeah, for sixty minutes it was one way traffic. But the. The one they went, they played before they went on tour. It was savage. It was absolutely savage. Yeah, but I, I think it's going to be closer than you think because I look at it uh, and England don't have go forward with ball in hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, well, without without the two Vanapolas and England do, don't have a really in form firing George Ford. Well, it, both those two things is that a reason to play BBT Big Ben Teal? <laughs> <laughs> it solves both it. of the, it solves yeah. both those yeah. problems. Yeah, maybe it is. So I'm saying England. You're saying I am very worried as an England fan. I am, but I think I hope we should have enough to win. Tim, uh, I think I think England will win, but I think I think we might have to win ugly again. Yeah, I, I don't think it'll be pretty. Where is Scotland playing France? In France, <sighs> I'm. Give me Scotland. Oh, Scot- so- Scotland are good in Paris. They've had lots yeah. of famous victories in Paris. And Glasgow obviously went to Racing. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking about. There, there'll be no worry. There'll be no fears. It's quite from easy that team. to kind of track Scotland, aren't they? I mean, we, no one picked the win <laughs> against Ireland, did they? But we all said they're going to be competitive. And why did we say that? Because we saw how Glasgow did against Munster. Uh, they played three times. I think the Racing game is a great indication. Yeah. Um. Weren't Edinburgh also in the same group as Stade Francais in the... Uh, yes, they, yes, they were. And NSI, not NSI, and um, Bucharest Saracens or whatever they're T- called. Timosaurus. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Hmm. Mm, indeed. Scotland? 
Give me Scotland. Uh, Tim? France. And do you know what? I think they're best equipped to beat France because, of course, Vernon Cotter's got so much experience there. Mm. Yeah. So, excellent. Right, shall we wrap this up and then do it the, the MWDP? Well, we'll do we'll that do on that, Tuesday. Do, do that on. Um, oh yeah, we'll do that another time. Do that. Yeah, another yeah, time. yeah, closer to the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do that. Do that on Tuesday to release on Wednesday morning. Yeah, mid, great the, idea. The midweek domestic pod. Uh, during the Six Nations, we'll have two podcasts per week to make sure you get your full fill of rugby. So if you just hit subscribe, then we'll make sure every single one is delivered straight to you. You don't have to keep checking back uh, and leave your review in the meantime. Leave your thoughts, Facebook. Uh, Twitter get involved in the trip to Romania if you're free uh, 18th 19th of March and you want to come over get involved in a free podcast go and buy as many one pound maximum beers in a bar uh, in In Bucharest as you want Um, and there yeah come along for the fun there get your cornerstone razor and uh, top work excellent well I guess we'll see you all on Thursday or Tuesday or whenever yeah I'll see you in a couple of days Tuesday in a bit Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.